0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 967 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with Kim. We're going to be talking uh, with Kim about her daughter, Vivian, who was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at nine months old. She also has something called tetrasomy 9P. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you'd like to get a little something for nothing, start using AG1 with my link, drinkag1.com forward slash juicebox. When you use that link to get started with AG1, you'll also get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D, also for free. 40% off? Is that something you're interested in? CozyEarth.com. Get all your comfortables at CozyEarth.com. Towels, bedding, and clothing. Save 40% at checkout with the offer code JUICEBOX. And don't forget the private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. Check it out, become a member, and join the other 40,000 members some of whom have type 1, type 2, or are the caregivers of. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. These meters are incredibly accurate. They're reliable. They're easy to use. They're beautiful. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Do not walk around with a junky meter in your pocket. Get an accurate one. The After Dark series from the Juicebox podcast is the only place to hear the stories that no one else talks about. From smoking weed to drinking with type 1, perspectives from both male and females about having sex with diabetes. We talk about depression, self-harm, eating disorders, mental illness, heroin addiction, use of psychedelics, living with bipolar, being a child of divorce, and honestly, so much more, I can't list them all. But you can by going to juiceboxpodcast.com, going to the top, and clicking on After Dark. There you'll see Episode 807, called One Thing After Another, Episode 825, California Sober. Other After Dark episodes include Unsupported, Survivor's Guilt, Space Musician, Dead Frogs. These titles will make you say, what is this about? And then when you listen, you'll think, that was crazy. Juiceboxpodcast.com, find the After Dark series. It's fantastic.
1: Hi, my name is Kim, and I have a daughter with type 1 diabetes and special needs.
0: Okay, Kim, your daughter is an only child?
1: No, I actually have four children. She has two older brothers, and then we had a bonus baby during COVID.
0: (laughs) What a lovely way to say that. Um,
1: it, do, it does happen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm quite certain of that. Okay, so two older brothers, younger. She's right there at number three. Are we yes. using her name? It's okay if we don't. Sure. Yeah?
1: Yeah. What? I'm, I'm, I'm going to accidentally say it a million times because I talk about her frequently. We are an open book because we feel that her story helps people, and I'm all for it.
0: Cool. What's her name? Her name
1: is Vivian. <laughs> Vivian. Vivian. Do we call her Viv
0: or is she Vivian?
1: Oh, she's Viv, Vivi, the Vivster, (laughs) Vivian, all the, all the above.
0: Gotcha. How old is she?
1: She is six now. She was diagnosed when she was nine months old. Wow. Yes. Extremely rare.
0: Wow. No kidding. Yes. All right. So I guess, can you tell me a little bit about the diagnosis? How does it present in a baby?
1: Yes. Um, so we had an extremely challenging first year of life for our sweet Vivian. I'm going to back up a tiny bit before her diagnosis, just to give you a little background. She was a quiet baby. She slept a lot. She was very tolerant of her older brothers. My, my, my top three are like 21 months apart each.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's an, it was an active household and the boys would put their full body weight into her to kiss her and she would just not even flinch. So we kind of equated that to her being a girl. We've, we had never had a girl before. So we were just like, wow, she sleeps a lot. We finally have a sleeper. She's quiet. She's tolerant. She hated tummy time. Um, that was one thing that we did notice. And she also choked on her breast milk constantly. Every single feeding, she choked. Okay. And I brought it up to the pediatrician multiple times. And she kept saying, oh, it's because you have a you know strong letdown. It'll... it'll regulate. She will learn how to, how to deal with it. So then at our four month well visit, the doctor (laughs) comes in the room, gives her a, a quick assessment. And I had my other two kids there getting flu shots or something. And my father, because I needed kind of help to wrangle the children. And she says, Vivian has low muscle tone and I'm not impressed with her eye contact. I think she needs early intervention. And then she walked out of the room, gave me the phone number and walked out of the room. It was so quick that my dad didn't even know that it happened. Like he was sitting there and he didn't even hear it, okay?
2: Yeah.
1: So I come home shocked and I did all the things, called the number, talked to my husband. We were just completely in shock and in denial and a little bit embarrassed because by background, I'm actually an occupational therapist and a nurse and he's a nurse and a nurse practitioner. So we were like, how did we not know (laughs) that she has low muscle tone? And how did we not know that her eye contact isn't great? But anyway, at five months old, she was evaluated for early intervention and she started. And when they came to our house, we actually said to each other, like, she's not even going to, she's not even going to qualify. Like it's, it's, I mean, they're going to come and assess her, but she's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. talk about, talk about denial. They leave our house and they're like, she's significantly delayed in all areas. She needs physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, and teacher of the visually impaired. And- what a punch to the gut. (laughs) Like we were just, just complete disbelief, shock, all of, all of the above. Mm -hmm. So then she starts all her services. We're kind of getting on board with the idea that she has delays and we're supporting her in every way we can. And she continues to choke on breast milk. The doctor continues to say it'll regulate. It's fine. Then at six months old, she was hospitalized for RSV, which is actually like really crazy right now. I don't know if it's crazy around your area, but RSV is just like a really, really bad cold. And she landed in the hospital just from having RSV because she was so frail. She was not strong enough to fight it off. Mm -hmm. She came home. She went right back in the hospital again with RSV again. So hospitalized twice in the same week. And during that hospitalization, she had a swallow study done, and she was, in fact, aspirating the breast milk into her lungs. Oh, my God. So I I said,
0: the doctor who said, don't worry, she'll catch up drinking, is the same doctor that said, I'm not impressed with her muscle tone, et cetera?
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: So saw all that, but didn't correlate the two things together.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm not sure if she would have at our next visit, but our hospitalization came first and and they, they just did a swallow study and boom, she's aspirating. So subsequently, I, I changed pedi- pediatricians after this experience because as a mom with a child with special needs and certainly a mom of a child that has special needs and type 1 diabetes, you need to be listened to, you need to be heard by your providers and i didn't feel that way so we we have a new pediatrician side note so that 6 months old she that hospitalization everyone was just like couldn't all the doctors were just like why why is she so failure to thrive why is she aspirating why does she why is she developmentally delayed needing these services like we need to investigate this further so we kind of got on the fast track to see a developmental pediatrician and a geneticist mm-hmm. So those both of those things were like year-long waiting lists. But because she was hospitalized twice in a week, she got on the fast track for that. So we came home and we added feeding therapy to all her different therapies. And it was really crazy because in order to breastfeed her, I had to keep her side-lying, support her cheek, support her chin... It was a whole big rigmarole, but
0: well, and I the, would imagine as well the the pressure of thinking constantly that this milk is ending up in our lungs.
1: Oh, it was, it was awful. Yeah. I and and it's funny, like I was I was gonna say at the beginning, I kind of like did a little um, digging in her old medical charts to kind of remind myself of the story. And God, there's so much I completely forgot about and completely blacked out because mm. there was just so much trauma, just so much trauma that we lived this first year. Yeah. But anyway, so crazy, crazy with the breastfeeding. And the the issue was that she wasn't strong enough to get the milk from me. And because she was my third child, my body thought I was weaning. Even oh. though I was feeding an infant, I my body thought I was weaning. So my body wasn't producing enough breast milk because she wasn't stimulating the breast enough with her poor strength and poor coordination in her mouth. Right. So I wasn't I wasn't providing her enough either, okay? Mm-hmm. So it was it was just an awful situation. And I did get tremendous support from the local hospital with as far as feeding and supporting continuing breastfeeding. So then at 8 months old, we finally saw the we had seen the geneticist and at 8 months old we find out through a blood test that she has an extremely rare chromosomal difference which explained everything of why she was having feeding issues, why she was having low muscle tone, why she was having developmental delays. So it was, it was shocking again. It was like another punch to the gut, but at least we had a reason, you know, that these things were happening. Yeah. And unfortunately this chromosomal difference is so extremely rare that at that time there was only 60, six zero people in the world that had something similar. So we had very little information about it. And we had, um, no real connections or supports, but in a way it was great because we were going to let her write her own story. You know, if we don't know what's going to happen, then gosh, darn it. We're going to support her in every way we can to, to maximize her potential Right. because she's going to, she's going to write her own story.
0: So, so the thing that, that is askew is so, I mean, rare, Mm -hmm. i think is the obvious word is so rare that it's not even something that you can hold up to other people who have a similar problem and say you know like i don't know like type 1 diabetes you say well that person's pancreas doesn't blah 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 either does that one and these people have the same thing it was just 60 people who vaguely have these problems but they can't even put them into a into a bucket is that right
1: Right and yeah. we actually walked in to our first appointment with the geneticist to talk about the diagnosis with a packet of information that we got printed off So there's a website called Unique mm-hmm. and it's like all the unique chromosomal disorders and we found it we printed this off. So we we come to the appointment with that packet of information and the doctor walks in with the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's like I did research, I found this packet. It's the only thing I have and we're like, yeah, we already read it. <laughs> And in this packet, there's you know a handful of children and adults that were interviewed and whatever. And every single developmental area, it was so varied. Like your child could be wheelchair bound or they could be running. Your child could have significant swallowing issues and have a G-tube or they could be eating with no problem. Your child could be nonverbal or they could have no speech issues whatsoever. So we were just like, forget it. She's writing her own story. We're supporting her. you know, let's move on. So then (laughs) we come to May 5th of 2017. She had her uh, another swallow study that basically showed her swallowing sitting up and it was a disaster. So they basically were like, you have to thicken the breast milk. If you're going to give her breast milk sitting up, you have to thicken anything you give her. Very significant swallowing issues. I come home from that swallow study and I got the stomach bug as did my entire household except for Vivian. Hmm. Vomiting, you know, throwing and going, the whole nine. Awful, awful illness. Bedbound for four days. My mother comes over to take care of my children because I literally could not get out of bed. Mm-hmm. And this little girl who had had such, a tr- such trouble eating and maintaining her nutrition and breastfeeding and swallowing and all that jazz, my Italian mother comes over and she's going... Kimmy, she's eating great. She just ate a whole, you know, carton of baby food. And I'm just like, of course, my I Italian thought, mother can get her to eat and I, I can't. I thought you, I you, thought know?
0: you were going to say Zeppoli for some reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so and then like this girl can ne- never was able to, you know, manage a bottle like mm-hmm. she I, she needed cheek and chin support sidelined to even breastfeed poorly. Mm -hmm. She would never be able to coordinate a bottle. She was taking, you know, thickened breast milk out of a bottle Hmm. from my mother. And I'm just like, I'm just like, geez, like, of course my mom wins. And I'm like the worst mother ever, you know, (laughs) like, that's just what I thought. And then she started peeing through her diapers at night. And I said to myself, oh, she's eating more and drinking more. So she's, and she's bigger. She's a big girl now. Maybe we need overnight diapers. So I sent my husband out to get overnight diapers. Meanwhile, Scott, I have type one diabetes in my family. Okay. (laughs) I am a nurse. My husband's a nurse. We should have known something. I, I, I'm still, I'm still kind of embarrassed with myself about not really seeing the signs. I really, truly in my dehydrated state thought, it was just because my mom was awesome Do that you, she was eating and drinking more, and she was a big girl now and needed overnight diapers. Well,
0: can you tell me uh, type one diabetes in your family? Who?
1: Yeah, so my uncle, so my mother's brother. Okay. And he actually um, died of complications of diabetes because even you know twenty years ago they managed diabetes so differently. He never carb counted. Right. He always like my entire life he had a sliding scale, a long acting and a sliding scale. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah. He had major complications for it, but, and then his grandson. So there is, and then I have Hashimoto's. My mother has Hashimoto's. So the endocrinologist upon diagnosis said that we just have an autoimmune family. And, you know, she just got struck by lightning, but actually struck by lightning, lightning twice because she had also been struck with this very rare chromosomal difference.
0: I I have to, let me make sure the, the chromosomal differences is, is, does it have a name?
1: It does. So it's called tetrasomy nine P. So she has four copies of just the short arm of her ninth chromosome.
0: I don't understand what that means, but I was able to go. Yeah. It. Okay. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and really like uh, it, it presents itself extremely, you know, varied across the board. No two children are the same or two adults are the same. But with you know, for Vivian, her main issues have been swallowing speech. Um, she's extremely apraxic with her speech, um, so she actually uses sign language, some verbal, and a communication device to, mm-hmm. to speak. Um, and then she also has that low muscle tone in her trunk, so she's requ- and then she has um, significant visual issues. One of her eyes is nearsighted, and one of her eyes is far-sighted. So, so amongst other things. <laughs>
0: Okay, we'll get back. I just, I, I just need a little context for. Her. We'll come back to that in a little bit. I'm sorry. You keep going. So your mom, your mom gets her to eat. Now she's peeing through the diapers. Yeah.
1: Everybody, everybody had gotten the stomach bug in that four days. You know, except for her. I, t- I look at my husband. I go, listen. If she throws up even once, we're going in. And he's like, agreed. Because of our experience with the RSV, we just we knew she was going to need IV fluids, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. She's so failure to thrive. One vomit is it. So of course, during that night, she vomited. We called the pediatrician. He says, bring her here first. And it wasn't our, it wasn't our pediatrician. It was uh, just whoever was there. Mm -hmm. He said, bring her in first. We're just going to check her out. Now I had been taking her weights daily because of all her feeding issues. The the doctors and the um, speech therapist, feeding therapist wanted me taking daily weights I hadn't been taking daily weights because I was so sick. So in that four days that I was sick, when she got to the pediatrician's office and they took her weight, she had lost eleven ounces.
0: On on how big of a body at that point? Do you remember how much she Oh weighed? God,
1: she was she was barely fourteen pounds. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She came when she came home from the hospital with diabetes, she was 14 eleven. Yeah. So she lost 11 ounces in about four to six days, I would say. So the doctor agreed. She's majorly dehydrated. I explained to him, like I don't, I don't think she's been getting breast milk from me because I'm so dehydrated. Like She needs IV fluids. He goes, agreed, take her in. Now, any other child that I had had previously, my two sons, and even Vivian, had she not had the RSV, I would have said, she's got the stomach flu. She wants to sleep. I'm gonna put her in in her crib and let her sleep.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: When we got to the hospital, they took a blood, everyone agreed she had the stomach flu just like we did. They took a blood glucose just for, you know, I think it's just standard protocol. It's 597. And my husband and I Being nurses knew immediately what that meant.
0: It meant you had to abandon your children and run away. You were just going to leave, right? The two of you got in the car and you're (laughs) like, that's it. We're done. Goodbye.
1: (laughs) I like, we said to each other, like, if there was furniture to throw, we would have thrown it. We were just swearing and screaming. And the nurse, even her, when the the number came up, I remember her holding the glucometer and her hand was trembling Mm -hmm. and she just goes. And I and I know, like as a nurse, she shouldn't have done this in front of us, but I, I'm almost glad she was she did because it just shows how human nurses are. Yeah. But you know, deep down. She goes, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And just ran out of the room. And we're just like, you know, swearing. <laughs> yeah. You know,
0: well, that fits. Awful. I would have been like, so, oh, okay, everything's on brand for us.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was,
1: it was just so traumatic. So She was whisked away to the ICU. The endocrinologist comes to see us immediately, talks about how rare it is to be under two and how extremely rare it is to be under one. And I said to my husband, I go, if somebody uses the word rare with us again, I'm going to punch them in the face. You know, like I'm so sick of being rare. I'm so sick of hearing it. It was just
0: yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It wasn't, okay. it wasn't, so, it wasn't, hey, Kim, do you know how rare it is to win the lottery on th- Thursday and Friday? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Exactly. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. so
1: we always say, we're not the win the lottery type of family. We're the, the struck by lightning type of family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, you are going to be the people who get hit with the frozen urine that falls out of the airplanes. <laughs>
2: yeah. I so.
1: She gets whisked away to the ICU. The doctors come and they're all talking about us. She was also found to have a UTI at the time. And we talked a lot about her hospitalization when she had RSV just a few months prior and how the RSV probably ignited the autoimmune response and ignited her you know, predisposition to diabetes. Sure. And they actually also told us that had we put her down for a nap, instead of coming to the hospital she would not have woken up wow. because when we arrived she was about 1 hour from death that cuz she's just so, she was just so frail yeah, you know no, just I, such yeah. a tiny little baby so they had to take her to the ICU put her on an insulin drip because the blood sugars have to come down slowly as to not cause brain swelling
2: mm-hmm.
1: so she was monitored there for a couple of days and then at the hospital we go to there's you know the pediatric endocrinology unit they actually have you demonstrate that you're able to take care of the diabetes before you can be discharged. So a typical hospitalization could be up to like 13 days, but because we were nurses and we sort of like showed them sooner that mm-hmm. we were capable, we got out of there in, I think nine, day, eight or nine days.
0: How, how do you bolus for thickened breast milk?
1: Oh my gosh. Scott, do you want to hear how crazy life was? <laughs>
0: I think I I already did, Kim, but if there's more, yes, please go ahead. As you heard earlier, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. But when you get a Contour Meter, what you're really getting is their test strips. Contour Next test strips feature remarkable accuracy as part of the Contour Next blood glucose monitoring system. They're the number one branded over-the-counter test strips. And they, of course, have second-chance sampling. Second-chance sampling can help you to avoid wasted strips. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Near the top of the page, you'll see a Buy Now button. It's bright yellow. When you click on that, you'll get eight options of places online to buy Contour meters and test strips, Walmart.com, Amazon, Walgreens, CVS Pharmacy, Meyer, Kroger, Target, Rite Aid. These are all links you'll find at my link. Linkity link. Links, but a link, blink, blink, link. I'm just kidding. Head over there now, won't you, please? Listen, the contour meters are incredibly accurate. They are simple to use. They are easy to hold, easy to read, and they have a bright light for nighttime testing. Part of me wants to say that the second chance sampling is the biggest deal, but honestly, it's the accuracy. These meters are accurate, and I know a lot of people like to think, well, I have a CGM, I don't need a meter. You do. You need a meter, you need it to be accurate, you deserve it to be accurate. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. Take a look at the Contour Next Gen and the other meters available from Contour. When you use my links, you're supporting the production of the show and helping to keep it free and plentiful. A diabetes diagnosis comes with a lot of new terminology. And that's why I've created the Defining Diabetes series. These are short episodes where Jenny Smith and I go over all of the terms that you're going to hear living with diabetes, and some of them that you might not hear every day. From the very simple bolus up to feet on the floor. Don't know the difference between hypo and hyper? We'll explain it to you. These are short episodes. They are not boring. They're fun. And they're informative. It's not just us reading to you out of the dictionary. We take the time to chat about all of these different words. Maybe you don't know what a Kusmal respiration is. You will when you're done. Ever heard of a glycemic index and load? Haven't? Doesn't matter. You'll know after you listen to the Defining Diabetes series. Now, how do you find it? You go to juiceboxpodcast.com, up top to the menu, and click on Defining Diabetes. You'll be able to listen right there in your browser or you'll see the full list of the episodes and be able to go into an audio app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify and listen to them at your pace. Download them into your phone and listen when you can. The Defining Diabetes series is made up of 51 short episodes that will fast forward your knowledge of diabetes terminology. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so the other problem when she was diagnosed with diabetes is she completely stopped eating she 100 stopped breastfeeding eating in any way so she actually was um, an ng tube was put in so a little tube into her nose down her throat and into her mouth i mm-hmm. sorry into her stomach and she came home with an ng tube so that's another thing we had to demonstrate competence in but i was pumping in the hospital and because i was so dehydrated for those days before her hospitalization. And because she stopped eating, I was pretty much producing nothing at the time. Mm -hmm. And the lactation consultant came to me and she knew how often I I was pumping every hour, I think when we were in the hospital, just to try to get my supply up. And the lactation consultant was so supportive. And she said, you know, Kim, listen, we're going to put your breast milk through the feeding tube, but she is going to need formula. And it doesn't need to be sickened through the feeding tube because it's going directly in her stomach. And, you know, I accepted that fact. They also found that she had blood in her stool. So they equated that to her having a, an intolerance to my breast milk because I was drinking milk. So I stopped milk and soy so that she wouldn't have this irritation from the breast milk. I, you know, she doesn't need anything else
2: yeah, right. bad
1: going on. So she knew how much I was like dedicated to continue breastfeeding her because I had done all those things and I was breastfeeding, I mean, not breastfeeding, pumping every hour on the clock, Mm -hmm. that she says to me, this is the day before I went home, she said, Kim, listen, you can go home and breastfeed your daughter for comfort or you can pump every two hours, breastfeed her every hour, do a power pump once a day. Power pump is like you pump 20 minutes on, 20 minutes off for an hour and give her the... Formula through the tube, give her the breastfed milk through the tube, but you know, basically, it's going to be a ton of work to get her to keep your supply up and continue breastfeeding and do it in a safe way for her swallowing. She's going to have to be side lying. She's going to have to have her chin and cheek protected. I even did an SNS system where there's this tiny little tube that had formula or breast milk in a little bag, and the tube came down and was taped to my nipple. So that when she was feeding, even if she wasn't getting anything from me, she was getting a little bit of something coming through the tube so that it would stimulate my breast thinking she was breastfeeding. But really, she was getting most of it from the tube. Mm. So <laughs> she's like, you could breastfeed for comfort or you could do all that crazy jazz. Oh, and then like Guinness and, you know, um, Oh, I forgot the name of it. There's like a like different herbs and things you could take to fenugreek um, to stimulate breast milk. You could do all those things or you could just breastfeed for comfort. And I was like, oh, no, I'll do the complicated one. <laughs> so she comes home with diabetes, a feeding tube. I was breastfeeding her every hour with an SNS system. I was pumping every two hours. I was feeding her sitting up baby food. But with the baby food, we had to fortify it with either peanut butter, avocado, or coconut milk to add fat and calories to it. So I actually found in my little research last night, I found an old piece of paper from July of 2017, and it's just this crazy schedule. And it looks insane. Like, I was actually insane to be doing this. Mm-hmm. But I did it, and she breastfed until she was three and a half years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> <What's> that- <laughs> So, so there, I I proved everybody wrong. No, it's not about that. You mom.
2: (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. No, the, the, the moral behind that story is like, you cannot turn off the mama bear. You cannot turn off the power of a parent of a child who needs help. You know, it just, yeah. And that's, that's why I'm an. I'm an advocate today. I started a not-for-profit advocacy group and it was all from my experiences with my daughter. Wow. That, um, it's just, that's but, yeah, insane. She, so it, after three weeks of being home with the feeding tube, she pulled it out herself. She got strong enough that she pulled it out herself and we put it back in. And it's like so crazy to put it back in, the screaming, the crying, the awfulness. She pulls it out again. We put it in again. She pulls it out, out again. And it was a Friday afternoon. And my husband and I look at each other, we're like, oops, it's Friday afternoon. No doctors are going to be able to be called. I guess we'll just have to leave it out for the weekend and see how she does. We'll call them Monday morning. Whoopsie doodle. And Monday morning we called them and they were like, this sounds like she discharged her, discharged herself and let's just see how she does. And it never went back in after that day. Wow. And that's Viv's personality. She does not stop. She is always fighting, always doing more.
0: And she she took that tube out, and because you had the weekend, you were able to try to feed her and it just it started to work.
1: Yeah, we just we just said, like, listen, she doesn't want it in. If we had called the doctor, they would have said, put it back in, you know? Right, right. But we were just like, oh, we can't call anybody. I'm not gonna call an on-call doctor just for this. And we're, you know, sort of like jokingly.
2: Mm.
1: And we just said we just fed her regularly over the weekend. I breastfed her. We did the, We did all the things. We gave her all the fortified foods and, and she did fine. And on Monday, they decided it didn't need to go back in. We followed her lead and it never went back in. And to this day, now now fast forward, she's six years old now. She is eating completely normal foods. She has no restrictions in her diet. And with her swallowing of liquids, that was the hardest thing to conquer. She is now able and COVID kind of helped us with this, this portion of her life. Because I was home with her and all the kids during COVID, I was able to like really concentrate on her swallowing and all the little things I had to do to support her swallowing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I got her to get on iced, cold, thin liquids. So she now drinks liquids as long as they're iced. And you're probably wondering why they need to be iced. It's yeah. because... Her, she has a neurological delay of swallow so her brain doesn't get the clue in time to swallow when a liquid hits the back of her throat oh. but if the if it's iced it's like ooh something cold and it elicits her swallow quicker How about that so yeah so now she's pretty much eating and drinking you know quote normally so we've come a long way yeah that was basically her first year of life
0: That's fascinating. Also, do you know what? It's fascinating that I I just realized when people say COVID, we know it's a time period. It's almost like you said the crustaceous period. And I went, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah, Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's funny because it is a word that means two different things. Like if you didn't know, if you didn't understand that part of speech, you would just be like, I don't understand why did getting COVID help? Help. Helped, yeah, yeah, I know. But so many people say that like, oh, you know, it was really a blessing in disguise covid and i'm like yeah and they mean the time for anyway i don't know why i got yeah. off on that yeah
1: no and really the, there was a couple of more blessings from covid for her in particular because one of her most effective forms of speech therapy is called prompt and the speech therapist prompts her but with tactile cues on her face for different sounds like for example the end sound is putting a finger against the, the nostril mm. The sound is touching the bottom of your chin. Tuh, tuh, tuh. So I got to learn the prompts because it was over zoom.
2: Oh.
1: I was learn. I had to do the prompts on this side of the camera and the, the therapist was on the other side, you know, doing it to her own face.
2: Yeah. And so you were we were
1: it. able to do, yeah, yeah we yeah. were able to do the prompts and she's really, really blossomed verbally during COVID with that prompt therapy, and I could do it even to this day. And she actually start; she has started to prompt herself with a lot of the sounds, which is the goal.
2: Right.
1: Well, the goal is to not need the prompt at all. But yeah. And then the other thing is, I potty we potty trained her. <laughs> so in the first like three days, I think of the shutdown, she was potty trained. So that was that was kind of cool too. Yes. Well, there's, you- there's some silver linings. Yeah.
0: Well used time. I, I have questions yeah. now.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: So intellectually is there any deficit there
1: yes so okay. she actually has scored so you know there's like receptive language and expressive language right so expressive language she's obviously significantly impaired it's very difficult for her to get her brain to know what it what know what she wants to say and actually it come out her mouth and, and says and say it with our good articulation that's apraxia but receptive language she's only been found to be either average or mildly delayed however with standardized testing it's she they say that she's like significantly cognitively impaired but For, you can't be significantly cognitively impaired if you have average you know receptive language it just doesn't make sense because she understands everything that's going on
0: so those tests don't do a good job of testing her basically
1: They don't. And a lot of the tests that are nonverbal because she needs a nonverbal test are heavy visual, but she also has visual deficits. She also has significant attention deficits. She just was diagnosed with ADHD. So the standardized testing is not going to work for this girl. Okay. But I'll tell you, she is not going to be able to, I know, I know she's not going to be able to do the high level problem solving that diabetes requires. Mm -hmm. But she does know that she has diabetes, and in her six year old brain, diabetes is every time I eat something, I have to show my mom what I'm eating so that she can give me insulin because I need this I need this medicine to eat. Um, and then when an alarm goes off, she knows to go get her candy gourd pumpkin and then give them out to her brothers because when Vivian has a low, we all have a low. Mm-hmm. so we all get the candy so she knows that and she knows that she needs to get an adult if the you know any alarms go off if they didn't hear it in her classroom there are concerns there 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 are concerns for me long term as there are with many parents of kids with type 1 that also have special needs i do question her ability to manage this disease long term i don't i don't think she will be able to manage it the way that we do So we will be her pancreas forever. And I know that the technology is advancing so much that I do have hope that she will be okay in the future when I'm gone. Because I think that there will be an artificial pancreas by then. Or at least like the first step would be that wonderful pump that's coming out that has the double lumen where it's, you know, giving insulin but also giving glucagon. So...
0: Yeah, that's been in development for a really long time. So
1: yeah, yeah, but I feel like it will happen in her lifetime. I
2: actually,
0: um, if if something like that's going to happen, I I made this point a couple of years ago on the podcast. But one of the reasons I got excited about Jivocin when it came out was that it's it's stable. Like the, the the one of the problems they were having with that pump, you know, the idea that the pump would do. An algorithm to you know give you insulin, but if you started to get too low, it would give you these kind of like mini glucagon injections. Right. But right. the problem was the glucagon wouldn't stay; it wouldn't stay stable in the pump. So a liquid stable glucagon goes a long way towards. I and I don't know that Gvoke is involved in this or not. I'm just saying that 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 exists now is a is a big step towards that. So you might be right. You might get that someday. Can I? ask? Yeah,
1: I, that's my hope. That yeah, is yeah. my hope i already have seen in her 6 years of having diabetes such advancements that have been life changing for us yeah i it just gives me hope and i actually like the story of her getting her first pump is another crazy one
0: can i ask a couple of questions that i'd love to hear about sure that. sure uh, she was wearing glasses i imagine
1: yes okay. yes and she's actually getting a contact soon too oh
2: that's exciting <laughs> she's gonna
1: do she's gonna wear a contact in her oh if it works i'm if it works. not quite i'm not quite sure about her wanting me to um stick something in her eye but we'll see how that goes find out. Does she, uh, the contact is going to be for one eye and then the glasses will be for the other eye i got you
0: does she feel her lows at all like can she tell you she's low
1: No. No. Do you want to hear something crazy? And I don't know if this is just her or if it's because of the T9P. I don't. We really have no clue. We never will. But she will be in the 30s and sort of start to look a little pale and shaky. And that's about it. Like, that's how low she has to go to show very mild signs.
0: Kim, going forward in the conversation, you don't have to say, do you want to hear something crazy? As a matter of fact... If you have something that's not crazy, you should say, do you want to hear something that's not crazy? Because that would surprise me. I'd go, oh, you have something that's not crazy? Sure, what's that exactly? I I, I want to try to understand what her life is like. So she, yeah. gets, she gets up in the morning. Does she go to school? Is she homeschooled? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she goes to school. Oh, no, no, school. no. She goes
1: to school. So she went to – Um, she had a ton of early intervention services. She had a ton of preschool special ed services, and she ended up going to a – like very specific special ed preschool and really flourished there. Of course, COVID hit during that time, so we um shifted to online and I think I was doing like 19 Zooms a week with her. And for kids with special needs, Zoom doesn't really work, so it was basically like equivalent to wrestling a wild baby alligator. Mm-hmm um, for 30 minutes for her to get maybe four good minutes out of it. But I, you know, like I said, we are doing everything we can for this girl and we dedicated, I, that's, I, I haven't worked since she was born basically until this year because we were a hundred percent dedicated to maximizing her potential. And she actually is in a general ed classroom. She started kindergarten last year. It's considered a general ed classroom. It's called ICT integrated co-taught. So she has a full-time general ed teacher and a full time special ed teacher in the room mm-hmm. and there's about 9 kids that have ieps and the rest are typically developing and she stayed in that same classroom cur- you know currently she's in first grade yeah. with the same kids and the same teachers cuz they looped which was awesome like she, there was no transition right. or yeah, needing to them. learn personalities or anything routines she just took off this year like took off running she wears dexcom she has a tandem pump now, which has been life changing. And yeah, she she takes dance class. She's does bowling. She does. Uh, she's in a challenger bowling league. She's in a challenger um, baseball league, soccer league. She does dancing. She's in a dance class called Dancers with Diverse Abilities. She really loves life. We have respite workers that come and take her out on outings. She like the her most important thing in her life is to go to the store. Get a Starbucks. Go to Target. Get a Starbucks. Shop for purses and just live like a life of a teenager. Even though she's only six, (laughs) she loves it. How
0: much of her care? I guess. guess How much time is left over after you care for her every day? Like, do you? Are you seeing a distancing from your other children or your husband or your your? Oh yes, your stuff. Yes, we. Yeah, I can't we, tell like uh, how much yeah. coke, how much coke do you do, Kim? Exactly. I know exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> I, cer- I certainly I certainly drink a lot of caffeine. <laughs> My husband and I have had a very challenging life and marriage since Vivian was born. We constantly feel guilty that we're neglecting the other children, of course. But time and time again, we've learned that and it's been through the help of very, we have a very supportive village of people mm-hmm. like, oh God, such a great support. But they always point out to us like, your sons are beautiful, wonderful, caring, empathetic, resilient children because of their experience with their sister. Like they are better people because she was born. Like every person that Vivian meets is a better person after meeting her.
0: Yeah. Yeah no i i can't and take what, i take I
1: point. also think like very strongly, I was an occupational therapist, I was a nurse, or I am I should say you know you can't can't get that out of your blood, all of my schooling, all of my careers, previous careers, all of those jobs, all the experiences I've had as an o t and a nurse it wasn't to become an o t or a nurse it was to become Vivian's mother mm. all of that was to become her mother
0: right. Wow, how about bolusing? strategies do you like do you listen to the podcast
1: i do does i do any, and does anything about that,
0: it help you or does it not apply to vivian
1: no so i'll tell you the pump story with her yeah. and i'll tell you the how the podcast helped me get more bold with insulin for sure <laughs> for sure back in the day when she was nine months old and she came home she was just on a very low dose of Lantus. i think one unit per day. Mm-hmm. Then she had like a honeymoon period or whatever, um, very short honeymoon period. And then we were bolusing her for the little bits of yogurt or baby food that she was eating with the fortified coconut oil or avocado or peanut butter in it. And we were doing like a carb counting type of thing for that. However, she was so tiny I could not safely give her a small enough dose in a syringe without overdosing her. Mm. So our day would consist of knowingly overdosing our daughter for a blood sugar of 487 and then it dropping to 41 and us giving her cake frosting to get her out of the low. Because she couldn't swallow juice. She couldn't chew candy. Like cake frosting was pretty much it. And it actually still is what we use overnight when she's sleeping. She, she sleeps right through it. If you put cake frosting on a spoon and put it in her mouth. Yeah. So we were overdosing her and then rescuing her with cake frosting all day long for nine months <sighs> because our insurance company thought that it was too dangerous to use technology on a baby. Even though our argument was the safest, lowest dose you can give a baby with a syringe is 0.5 units. The smallest dose in the most basic pump available at the time, which was the Medtronic MiniMed, was one. F- so half of a unit in the syringe is the safest for the syringe. The MiniMed pump would give her 1 of a unit. Technology is the only way to safely treat a baby. It's the only way to safely treat for a baby. So our endocrinology team fought like hell for us to get a pump. I actually was looking through our documentation, our little packet here of documentation. I found a letter. Our pump was denied by the New York State Department of Financial Services, the Department of Labor. Because my husband, he worked for a university hospital, so he is under the employee insurance. And I guess it went to the even the United States Department of Labor to deny it because they were calling it experimental. What do they call it? Experimental and... Some other crazy word, investigational. Kim,
0: you would think and that people like, would hear oh your story. Oh my god! People would hear your yeah. story and just be like, "Just give those people what they want. It doesn't matter. Like, let them leave them alone."
1: It came down to basically talking to the CEO of the of the hospital. It came down to like one person, yeah, to be like, "Listen to our daily life. Listen to us. Like, we are parents." And I think this person made the decision emotionally. I think they maybe they are parents themselves, or they they finally got it. We were denied, denied, denied. Starting in August, the fight started. We were denied by the Department of Labor in September. We were denied again for the final determination by our insurance on December thirteenth. And then we talked to the head of the head of the head. And then finally on December twenty second of two thousand and seventeen, the very basic basic pump mini bed was approved. And then we ended up getting it. I think at the end of January. So she was 18 months old, diagnosed at nine months old. And we did that crazy overdosing rescue, checking her blood sugar, probably 30 to 40 times a day, checking finger pricks, you know, along with the pumping and the power pumping and the feeding tube and the coconut oil and all that.
0: Uh, I don't know how for nine months. Oh my God. Yeah.
1: And I, and I had to remind myself of like, I seriously blacked this out. Like,
0: Oh, I would imagine I would imagine you're living your life in like 3-day segments.
1: I'm looking at these old logs. It's like 8:24 a.m. BG 458 gave a half a unit injection. 10:22 a.m. 95. 11:16 a.m. 61. 11:40 a.m. 41. <laughs> gave a half of a t- tablespoon of frosting. What the you know, like like, that's insane. That's insane. But we were just living it, you know? Yeah. So because we fought for so hard for this pump, we then applied for Dexcom the next day and they just gave it to us. Like they were just like, we're not dealing with these people again. They just gave us the Dexcom. So that changed our life significantly because we didn't have to finger stick her 30 to 40 times a day. And then with the mini med, we were able to give her 0. 0.025 doses, which was A whole meal for her sometimes was that little amount. Really, And yeah. And the breast milk, because I was breastfeeding her and not putting it through a bottle because you can't give thickened breast milk in a bottle. You can spoon feed it. I was just guessing. I'd be like, oh, well, I pumped an ounce or two ounces. So I'll give her like two to three grams for that, for that breastfeeding session we just had. So it was, ins- it was insane.
0: Yeah. The truth is, is that a lot of that story th- around the eating and the bolusing, I mean, aside yeah. aside from Vivian's obvious differences from Arden, like, a lot of that's what we did, too. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever told – have I ever told this one here? Like, one time I took some insulin, I drew up in a syringe, and I squirted it back into a dish. And then I colored it with food coloring so that I could see it. And this never went into Arden. It was, like, as a test. And I would teach myself – how to pull on the plunger just enough to get like two drops. Like sometimes it wouldn't even go into the syringe. You just fill the needle with it, which is insane. And then you try,
1: try. Okay. When you, when you end this podcast, go get a syringe, try doing even a quarter of a unit in a syringe. Try it. Like, how could you possibly know what you're putting into your child?
0: Yeah. I would do like a half
1: a unit is the only line that you can actually see. Right. And a half a unit, would freaking kill her. Yeah. Like that's how. Way too much. That's, that's how little. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was my experience too. I, and then you would like, I, I remember putting in the syringe then I'd press really hard on the, not on her, but on the on the plunger and I would hold it because I was like, there's such a little amount in there. Like I got to make sure it gets out. Like, so you kind of yeah. wait. What if you accidentally bump it? Yeah. And, and yeah. you're just like, and then it was over and you thought, well, did that go in? And, yeah. And if no it, clue. And if it didn't, how do I, with any confidence, give her more? And yeah. I can't do that. You know, like, cause that, like you said, it'll just, I mean, Arden was, gosh, she was like 18 pounds when she was diagnosed. And that was still really difficult. And if I gave her food, she'd eat it. And still, I don't know what you, yeah, you guys, so you're crazy, right? You just, you're just, you're just functioning. <laughs> you guys yeah,
1: we're, like, we're, we're like survival mode all the time.
0: <laughs> is the last kid, did the COVID kid come out and you're just like, I don't even pay attention to this kid. It's fine. We just leave it there and it grows and it's fine. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you have any energy left at the end of a day?
1: Well, listen, I just had a baby at 41. So <laughs> I had to actively change my lifestyle to feel more energetic for him.
0: How'd you do that?
1: Am I allowed to say a name of a product that I use or no? no? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> my husband bought me a Peloton bike. Okay. Um, Last Christmas, I started to make some diet changes and I actually found out that I have like borderline high, well, I have high cholesterol. I say borderline because I don't like to admit. Um, So...
0: That's the thing really, you don't want to really say high. out loud, Kim.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So basically, I did some diet changes. I started working out on the Peloton four times a week and drinking tons of water. I drank 60 ounces plus of water a day. Mm-hmm. And my, I got, I think my triglycerides went from 238 to 99. And I lost, I want to say I'm up to like 18 pounds at this point.
0: Riding a bike and I'm not, and like drinking- a, I'm not a
1: huge... Yeah, I'm not a huge person to begin with, but I did put on weight with this like experience of life. Um, so I just thought and I I made a change. I'm like, listen, we are gonna have to live a really long time, not only because we have a child with special needs, we we are obviously we don't wanna we want her to outlive us, but it, it is scary to think about her outliving us because I don't know who's gonna take care of her. Yeah. So we do have to live longer than kids, people with typical developing children. And then I had a baby at 41. Mm. So I got to live a long time for him too. So I made some changes and started yoga, acupuncture, aromatherapy. We do a lot of things, you know, I'm going to be calling a therapist soon. I don't, I'm not shy about that. Like, I think people should talk about mental health issues and stress issues. I started a not-for-profit with two other moms advocating for kids in our county to get the the services that they deserve. What's that called? So we started uh, Parents Helping Parents Coalition of Monroe County. Mm. And we advocate for children and families of Monroe County to receive early intervention services and preschool special ed services like Vivian received. However, now there is such a funding shortage. They have a tremendous provider shortage. And there is currently a wait list of like 280 children. Mm who are supposed to be legally getting these services and they just don't have the providers to to give them the services. So I will dedicate the rest of my life for fighting for these kids because Vivian's early intervention is the reason she's thriving today. Yeah. I will always, always... That, that fire will never go out. Every child deserves early intervention and preschool special ed services. Every single child that has a need that needs to be fulfilled should have it fulfilled.
0: Right. Well, that's, I, I like... I like that you did something very locally. I think that's maybe very impactful in a way that 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 you lose if you try to do something on a national level or statewide level or something like that. I think That's great.
1: Oh, we, de- we definitely are statewide too. Uh, you do, you... <laughs> um, we do a lot of state level advocacy. We actually were pretty, pretty strong in getting a, a, a bill called the Covered Lives Assessment passed and it brought money into the early invention system. And then of course they did a bait and switch and it's, they're using it as costs, cost savings for the state instead of actually investing it in rate increases for providers. So we have a long way to go and a huge fight still, but what we're doing locally to help families is we're providing scholarships to kids who are not receiving services to go to like therapy groups at clinics around town to give get some strategies going so they can bring that home and use that at home because they're sitting on wait lists. And then we offer yeah. purposeful programming every month, either a huge play date with providers there or an online seminar for parents. Like the one we did last month was talking about gross motor development in your infant through preschooler age. How
0: do you... Um- Thought, that's that's astonishing. Um, it's astonishing that you have time. Like if you told me I raked the leaves this weekend, I'd be like, "Wow, way to go, Kim!" Uh, so all that is is pretty amazing. How do you manage your Hashimoto's? What does it take to keep that balance? Oh,
1: I'm just, I'm on I'm on thyroxin and I've been on it since I was 15. So, and there was like, I, it's funny. Like I had an uncle. Who had type one diabetes, and we both, and my mom and I have Hashimoto's, and he had a grandson that had type one diabetes. I still never in a million years thought type one was going to touch one of my children. Yeah, like how? What? Like it? It just never crossed my mind. And then when COVID hit, because I, I've actually known two people already in my county who got COVID and got type one about three months later, just like Viv with her RSV, and a few months later. So I'm talking to my husband. I'm like. I could get type 1. Like anytime, any any day. Like honestly, any of I, my I expected children you can. to
0: get it while we were talking because
1: I, Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I figured Exactly. Yeah.
1: I, and I'm already I'm already at higher risk of type 2 because I had huge babies, except for Viv. Yeah, like it could it you know, so we were very very careful, more careful than most during COVID because of that fear. And I wanted to get our baby vaccinated before getting it. Like I just wanted And it's funny when when my, our baby turned 9 months old that ptsd like i was just like this is how young vivian was when she got type 1 like i can't believe it i just yeah. can't believe it and i remember that month milestone like very significantly and like all this trauma came back to us mm-hmm. And luckily, like my husband and I are best friends. We were together for 10 years, even before we got married. And we've been together, I think 23 years at this point. He's super funny. Our kids, we just, we just manage our life as a team. And not a day goes by without my older son saying, mama, is there anything I could do to help? And I'm just, I just love, I love how Vivian has brought us together, has brought us into this like team approach to life. Yeah and humor like we my husband is hilarious and we just make a joke about everything um to get us through and we decided we can't both be stressed out at the same time so if i'm losing it he's got he's got to keep his shit together and vice versa we can't lose it at the same time that seems
0: like a fair and equitable agreement
1: yeah and yeah let's shake on this
0: yeah yeah no kidding um yeah. i have a couple of questions for you what are your what are your life goals for vivian like, what do you, like what are you, what are you shooting for? Like, you know, like I send my kid to school because I want him to go to college. I want to go to college so we can get a job, like that kind of stuff. But what are you thinking about?
1: I would love for her to go to college. I would love for her to be supported in the community as a contributing man, member of the community with a job of some sort. I would love for her to live on her own if that is in the cards with um some support i'm i'm we're thinking she probably would need you know some level of you know continuous supervision in some way but really the the story is up to her so i'm not going to limit her in any way in our goals or our aspirations because she's going to show us exactly what she's capable of doing right. i know that her brothers are going to support her i don't think i have to do anything to make that happen. I think it's just, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it's going to be. So that does bring me comfort, but I also want them to have their own lives too, you know? So,
0: so your, your expectation is that just life will uncover a path as you're moving forward.
1: Yes, Yes. because I think it has, it has so far. I started a Facebook group called type one and special because there are so many parents out there that have kids that have special needs and have type one, and it does bring on unique challenges. And I have felt that that, that level of support is different than what's given in other Facebook groups. Um, so if anybody wants to join me in that efforts, please jump on, because I think that there are certain things that are going to come up that might not come up for, let's say, Arden, you know,
2: yeah.
1: like who is going to, who is going to do my pump changes? Who's going to change my Dexcom? Who's going to make the dosing changes? Who's going to take me to the doctor? And obviously things are getting such so much more technological and automated. It brings me hope that she would need less support than what we're giving her right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, But I do think there's unique challenges. Even, even the swallowing issues are unique challenges. I'll, I don't think I'll ever be able to give her apple juice. She's not going to ever be able to drink eight ounces of apple juice and chug it down. Yeah. So, you know, she, we do have different ways of treating her lows. Overnight lows are frosting, like different ideas like that could offer some other families, some ideas and help, you know, get them through. Yeah. And even just like, even just her insulin requirements being so low, it's crazy. Like we waited four years. So our insurance company only gives insulin pumps every four years. So we waited four years basically to get Tandem and I couldn't wait for it. I just, it was just so, it's such an exciting day and now they have technology. So Tandem in itself was so exciting because we finally started to sleep at night
2: mm-hmm.
1: because it has the auto shut off. Sure. It was, it's unbelievable how much more sleep we get now than before Tandem. Yeah. So that now they have this awesome app where you can dose off of her telephone So for a girl who's like already got so many things going on and needs to like really work hard in her classroom and concentrate to have a nurse walk in and be like, and managing her, you know, getting her, she wears a spy belt that has her phone and her pump in it,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: like interrupting the class or, or even worse going down to the nurse's office. I am all about diabetes is not running her life. You need to go to her if you're going to give her a dose, you go to her. I'm not interrupting her education because of her diabetes. She needs to be in the classroom. And then they're like, oh, what about finger sticks? I'm like, finger sticks in the classroom. If it really bothers another kid, they can come talk to me and I'll talk to their parents about it. Diabetes is part of her and she shouldn't be treated differently because of it. And it's actually against the law to be like specifically discriminating against her or changing her educational plan because of her diabetes. Right. So her school is tremendously supportive. Our district is tremendously supported. So we did a lot of things different this year versus last year where the nurse goes in and now she doesn't even have to be near Vivian. She we put her phone at the like front of the classroom and she doses her from the doorway. Hmm. Vivian doesn't even know that she was there. Yeah, that's great. So it's it's awesome. That's amazing. So for a, a late for a girl who doesn't really like to be stopped, interrupted touched and has like extreme ADHD that is life-changing mm-hmm. wow. driving in a car I can dose her on a road trip without having to climb back there unbuckle this you know car seat and get to her pump and get so she can eat she loves to eat that's like her favorite pastime yeah she can eat and drink whatever she wants and we can dose her from afar it's been beautiful that's it's been life-changing
0: Earlier, you were talking about your. You started a Facebook group and it made me think. I wish Facebook gave me some, a little bit of autonomy to split my group up a little bit because I would, in a second, start that kind of a like a subgroup inside of the group, and let, yeah, and let yeah. someone like you moderate it. You, you know well, what Scott, I,
1: mean? I started. I started it today. Oh, I know. I, no, it I, like I just looked. I realized. I started like literally yeah. like an hour before our call because yeah. I was like wait a minute, this is a great opportunity. So I like this advocacy bug that's in me. It's never going to stop. I can't shut it off. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like prepping for my chat with you. And I'm just like, wait a minute, this, somebody is going to say, I have, you know, I relate to this. I relate right. to the story. I relate to those fears of who is going to take care of my child and let's get together and talk about it. Yeah. And please invite yourself in, Scott, join our group.
0: No, I wanted. Um, to, I I just I do you know what I mean? Like, there's already such yeah. a. I mean, my group has like I don't know. There's like over thirty thousand people in it, so there yeah. there's an opportunity for you to like say, "Hey, look, there's a subgroup here that does this." Except the Facebook just doesn't allow that. So I wish. it Yeah, did. I know. I, know. I it like it groups, you know. It might
1: someday. It might someday.
0: It would be nice. But honestly. there's
1: like there's a lot of different things I talked about that can touch on people like breastfeeding, swallowing issues, yeah, intellectual disabilities. Even like fine motor problems. Like if a person, a kid can't use their hands or an adult can't use their hands, how do they manage mm. diabetes? Yeah. Who's going to help them? I don't know. Um, problems like higher level problem solving. I think I saw on, on a you know meme, diabetics make like 180 more deci- eighty or 180 more decisions per day than a regular person. Yeah, I, I get it. I understand that. And my daughter's not going to be able to make 80 decisions a day. Right. So- You know, these fears are real and they're unique and they touch upon a certain parent and I want to help those parents. those
0: people. Yeah. Well, I hope that works out for you. That's amazing. Uh, Kim, I have to, we're up on our hour. Is there anything that, (laughs) may I be honest, Kim, you have that Italian talk in you. I don't think I actually. Oh my
1: God. I know. I know. And I told, I I told the person who was going to come over and watch my baby. I was like, listen, he said an hour, but I, I'm going to get cut off. I know. Cause I just talk and talk and talk. But her story like there's just so much in the story. How no, can I not
0: No, no, no. It was absolutely fine. Don't get me wrong. I just think that when I make a transcript for this one day it's going to say Kim 87% Scott, 13%. And I that's fine. <laughs> but but my my reason for bringing it up was I was going to joke and say like is there anything I didn't ask you? But I don't think I asked you anything. So it
1: doesn't. I know. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. Oh uh, the only other thing i was going to touch upon is just like how low her basal doses are still like even as a 6 year old we still are making those 0. 0.025 changes and her carb ratio is 22 24 and and still like she's just getting these tiny doses so that doesn't the seem, fact that, a that doesn't seem odd to me. No.
2: it doesn't seem odd to you no. I, it
1: seems it seems crazy to me cuz the other 6 year old i know in our town is like it's just totally different dosing changes well, but sh- like om- sh- we didn't get the omnipod we didn't get the omnipod because we still need those what, what,
0: what changes how much does she weigh
1: she weighs 47 pounds
0: now it, is the other six-year-old heavier than that
1: not not really no not is really the
0: other six-year-old less active than vivian
1: maybe maybe And then this, this whole like ADHD med thing is, is driving me nuts now because she's not eating as much and she's not finishing her meals. And that's never been a problem for her before. And Mm -hmm. it's driving me nuts. So that's just going to add a whole new little
0: challenge for us. The word adjustment should probably be like tattooed on your forearm because you're going to be making a lot of adjustments constantly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming.
0: (laughs) Okay, so when we hear a story of a lady in a bell tower, it's gonna be you, right? Like, (laughs) 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 I'm really, I'm I'm really okay. (laughs) No, no, that's we are so
1: we are so supported by our village, our friends, our family, her school, her endocrinology team. Like, we couldn't be living this life without all of them.
2: Yeah, and my husband
1: and my kids, like, they're just so great. And having a baby. Is, has been so great for her as well because she is now teaching him having two older brothers that she was chasing after mm-hmm. she was achieving milestones to catch up to them and now she has a younger brother that she's teaching it's just been beautiful mm-hmm. to watch i, I, I love being their mom
0: i'm amazed at your story and i appreciate you sharing it with me that's not i i mean the, the truth is i never know what anybody's gonna say but you know, there's some expectation when people start talking, you're like, oh, this might go this way, or I, I can feel the story moving in this direction. But your stuff is just so different. And, you, and your response to it is, is, it's just laudable. It's amazing. Is it
1: different, Scott? Or is it absolutely insane?
0: It's absolutely insane. Yes. <laughs> it really is. I mean, I've, while you've been speaking more than a number of times, I've looked at the, like the general just description of what I, I can't even say it. Chromosome nine nine test
1: tet, tetrasomy nine
0: p tetrasomy nine p. And you start reading it, you're like, "This is a like this must have felt like a joke when somebody told you the first time." You, you, yeah,
1: like, is it, yeah, like that's why we're like, "There's there's no stopping her. We are going to support her, and and with everything we can,
0: can, can we, because
1: that girl is gonna. She's she's already something. It, she it, is spicy. Is all get out." Yeah. She understands everything that's going on. And even though she's limited verbal mm-hmm. and uses her device and sign language a little bit, but even with just her body language, there is not a single person that meets her that doesn't understand every single thing she's trying to communicate that's to you. Excellent. That's excellent. I'm just, she just gets it through. Yeah. She gets it through.
0: I, I'm trying to imagine myself being sent to this webpage for my child. And yeah. the, the, the the word rare is modified with the word very in the first sentence. Like there's no need to modify rare with very. Rare is very rare. rare I mean, right. very. And,
2: and exactly, exactly. Like, exactly. I'm
0: three words in and they're like, it's a very rare chromosomal disorder. You're like, wait, a right. very rare? Like what the hell yeah, does yeah, that yeah. mean? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, oh,
1: and, and back back to Facebook, we did find a Facebook group of families of ki- kids and adults with tetrasomy 9P and have had a tremendous support from them. And we use Google Translate because there's people from all over the world that don't speak English. But even within our group, there's such a variety of abilities and such hope and yeah. such such support. So I'm so glad for things like Facebook because I would have never otherwise known any other soul, you know, that has tetrasomy nine p. Yeah. Um, there's actually another child in our state, and there's another child in Toronto. And we're actually really good friends with the family in Toronto and have provided each other support for years now because of this Facebook group that yeah, we listen, found. So pe-
0: People can make fun of Facebook all they want, but what, what it has is a large number of members and therefore yeah. the opportunity to find people. And that's that doesn't exist in another place.
1: Almost all of our work with my not-for-profit is through Facebook. That's how we reach the m- most amount of people to influence the most amount of political figures to get changed. You're
0: just not, there's no other social media platform or, or a way that you could reasonably financially reach these people. And it's, you know, it's, it's just underused. I mean, I use it. I think I use it pretty well, but I mean, a lot of people underuse it for other stuff where it could be helpful. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: yeah. And we're actually getting together with a bunch of Tetrasomy 9P, the Tetrasomy 9P families. We got together the last, this past year in Detroit, because there's, randomly some, a lot of like congregated people in, in Michigan. And then two, before COVID, we had done our first one in Detroit. And this year I invited people to our house. So they're coming to me. Okay. So whoever, you know, around the world, whoever wants to come and meet, we always have a wonderful time and just share stories and feel validated and uh, supported, which is what it's all about.
0: But what's the website for your, your organization?
1: The Facebook group is Parents Helping Parents Coalition of Monroe County Public Forum. Okay,
0: perfect. Thank you. Uh, I, I can't tell you I appreciate how much I appreciate this. I know it's right around the holidays and everything and, and taking the time to jump on means a lot to me. So we,
1: I actually had to cancel her endocrinology appointment for this, Scott.
0: <laughs> I think you made the right decision.
1: I think I did too. Yeah, and her her nurse practitioner was like, "Oh, that's great!" <laughs> and I told the school nurses, "I'm like, do not text me or call me between ten thirty and eleven thirty. I am doing the juice box podcast. What? Oh, can I tell you how your your podcast helped me?
0: Oh, uh, being more bold. See? Yeah, sure. Being
1: more being more bold with insulin Kim, for sure.
0: Can I ask you a question?
1: Yeah, could,
0: could I stop you? If- <laughs> If I wanted
1: to. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. Sorry, Scott. Listen. That's okay. Go one ahead. more thing. One more thing. Um, being more bold with insulin for sure. Listen to the pro tip series. My husband is not there yet. He's still a little apprehensive, but I am definitely more bold with insulin, and we have had an improved A one C because of it. And just just fighting for the equipment. Like, I just, you know, if there's equipment and technology out there, I'm going to get it. We actually still had the G5 until it almost was like not even being made anymore because I was afraid to make any changes. <laughs> and then I listened to your podcast. And I'm like, honey, we need the G6. Like, we need to just get the G6. And so we made that change. And I really fought for the tandem pump because it's just what we need. It's it, we the day that she was qualified for it. I We got it. Like, that is... So thank you for that.
0: You're very welcome. It, it's actually as soon as I get off with you, I have to call the place where my mom is living because they are not setting up some of her services correctly. And I wish I could record that for you because you would all hear a uh, uh, what I think yep. is going to be a master's class in making someone do something that they're supposed to do. My my sister in law sent me a text last night, and this thing this thing's not getting put into place nearly quick enough. And they said, "Well, there's an acclimation period for both the resident and us." And I said to my sister-in-law, "I'm like, that's a bullshit statement that doesn't mean anything." I was like, "It's been it's been two weeks." What, what I said, "Did you ask what what is that? What why why what's that acclamation period for? Because the answer would have been like, I don't know. No one's ever asked a follow up question when I shoveled that shit." them and, exactly exactly and
1: so and this um, is this is my like not that I that not that you need advice as an advocate but uh, any my advice as an advocate is let me speak to the manager let me speak who's above them let me speak who's above them never stop until you get the answer you want you need, never stop
0: yeah you need somebody and who's motivated time, to do their job most of the time
1: yeah, mo- yeah. and most of the time it's like it's bureaucracy 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 i can't say the word it's hard when you're arguing with people to not get like emotional and not get rude, like mm-hmm. mean. I try not to do that because the people are on your team. They they want the best for what you're trying to do. They're just limited in their resources, right?
0: You're so nice, Kim. I think people are generally lazy and don't want to do their job.
1: <laughs> and and that could that could be true. Yeah. But being being rude or being aggressive is not going to get you anywhere. Mhm. Right, so it's no, like I'm it's not gonna, be, part I'm, of being an advocate is yeah, like reading the pool. room. Oh yeah, and yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You have to and
1: and and making them part of your team, like um, empowering them.
0: Yeah, oh for sure.
1: To feel like they're part of your team, you
0: yeah, know. Yeah, the um, so. the desire to get the right outcome is at the top. You're not trying to be right. You're not trying to be. You know, you're not trying to win. You're just trying to. Get this thing to happen, whatever it is. You don't need anyone to know that you beat them. As a matter of fact, I oftentimes let people feel like they're besting me because it makes people feel better. And it it empowers them. And then suddenly you make them feel like – I was going to say something I can't say. You make them feel like they're in control – and, I and that it was their idea. It was their idea. And, their idea, <laughs> and you're just like a, a a bleep, like a little, just a, a puddle in the corners, happy to be getting their attention. And you let them feel like they're the master of the universe. Like, who the hell cares? Because yeah. once I hang up the phone, I'm not going to know you ever again. So, yeah, exactly. You know, I don't exactly. care how you feel or what you're, you know, if it's right or wrong. It doesn't matter as long as the thing happens, you know. That's it. Yeah. I was going to use a euphemism mm-hmm. earlier that I... It's inappropriate, but I, I couldn't find other words for it. <laughs> it just it stopped me in my tracks. I was like, oh, I can't say that. <laughs> uh, but but that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to call this person. I am going to politely and kindly direct them to do their job and make them think it's their idea.
1: And it's and it's gonna your outcome is going to be great. It's all I, care I, about. I have every faith. Every faith. All right um vivian vivian wanted me to tell you Mm -hmm. because i told her i was going to tell her story today she wants you to know that over christmas break her cousins from hong kong are coming and they're going to have a sleepover with her at nana's house that's what she wanted to tell you i'm
0: glad she messaged me with that why do you have cousins in hong kong
1: my sister lives in hong kong
0: what is she special she she had to to, to run off yeah to Hong she Kong. had
1: she had a run off to Hong Kong <laughs> she actually met her she actually met her husband here and it was kind of always in the cards that they would move there and they mm-hmm. did and um, we didn't see them for almost three years during COVID but we saw them this past July for a month and now they're coming again for Christmas oh, because they be lifted nice. all the restrictions
0: well tell Vivian I hope she has a great time on her sleepover and thank uh, you have a lot of fun with her cousins right
1: Yes, yeah. that's what it's all about. That's
0: amazing, oh. living
1: living the life. She's, she's doing, a, doing more, she's more than I'm doing. That girl.
0: That's what I'm telling you right now. She's got a more packed social calendar than I do. Yeah,
1: th- dude, this li- this girl is li- truly living her best life. Don't you worry about her. I'm
0: happy for. Her. I just watch here, out, world. I watch just sit out. here and make this podcast. So, <laughs> you know, like, it, when I said earlier, like I don't think people like sometimes people just don't work hard. And you know, the uh, I've somebody come to me and say like, "How did you build the podcast this big?" or How does it reach that many people? Or I'm like, I work at it. Like it's it's you know, I don't get up in the morning and go, I don't feel like it today. Like I've I made this podcast recently, Kim, with a fever that I thought was gonna knock me off of my chair. And there's no way you could find that episode and know that I was sick while I was making it. Because this is my because you
1: know that you know that people need to hear these stories. Yeah, it's you live it. You live it. It's
0: it's just it's a thing I've chosen to do. So if you're going you're an to advocate. do it, well, you're, you're an advocate Scott. If you're going to choose to do something, then do it. And now I'm directly right. talking to the woman who I'm about to talk to on the phone with my mom, I think. But it it you know, it shouldn't be hard to do the basics of what you're supposed to be doing.
1: I like, know. That, and and it. that's like that's true to everything related sure. to special needs, like why why do I have to fight this hard for something so basic? But that's the issue. Yeah. The most vulnerable are always thought about very last. Always,
0: I I think think about, think
1: about and it and it's, and it's not to get. I'm not going to get political, but it's both sides of the aisle.
2: Yeah, the no, most
1: vulnerable, poor people with disabilities, veterans, and the elderly. They are always thought of last, mm-hmm. and that's what needs to change in the world. The most vulnerable should be supported first. I, that's the only way our community can be successful.
0: Yeah, that that's hard to disagree with. That's for sure. You made me think about uh, when I met my wife, she worked in a movie theater. And I remember being there and watching her come in at, you know, uh, five o'clock in the afternoon and work till two o'clock in the morning. I imagine they weren't making $4 an hour probably. And she worked at that job consistently throughout the evening, hard. You know, like hustling around and helping people and being polite and fixing problems. And when the kids couldn't, you know, or when the other people couldn't keep up with the lines, like she would jump in. And I, I just recently we went to see a, a movie, and the person who brought me the popcorn was texting while they brought it to me, like, like, yeah. like that had, had their phone in their hand and they were texting while they were holding my popcorn. Never made eye contact with me, and and then charged me the money and left. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what happened in in 20 years, but like, you don't know, just, it's your job. A lot,
1: a and lot has happened.
0: Just, just try a little a bit. A lot has you know? happened.
1: Anyway. um, One, one little documentary that people might be interested in, the special needs community, like worrying about what's going to happen to their child when they become adults and when they outlive us. PBS did a wonderful documentary called The Good Life. You can find it and watch it. And it really kind of hones in on the fears that people parents of adults with disabilities have because guess what everyone's living longer now (laughs) and they are outliving their parents and they do need supports for the rest of their lives and what do those supports look like there's never enough funding there's never enough staffing and that safety is never enough it's never good enough sure so, that pressure's um, so on the good life the right. good life on PBS. the pressure's on for us to be advocating for the rest of our lives to and why why do we have to fight so hard yeah it sucks it sucks but like i'm never going to stop
0: no of course but it's also on you now to stack up money and and uh, insurance oh, yeah. policies and all this other stuff because oh yeah 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 I don't know how you we don't already, think about that That's,
1: we already have a um, special needs trust fund um, set up and I have a very good friend who just opened up a local business that is uh, has inclusive hiring and she's she's really paving the way around here at least to focus on the c- people with people with disabilities are part of our community it's not. It's not weird or unique or odd to see a person with, let's say, Down syndrome working at a coffee shop. Right. Like She's paving the way. Like We do inclusive hiring. It's not like, oh, yes, we hire people with disabilities. That's not what it's about. We do inclusive hiring, and we do a partner system where a person that needs a little bit more support has a partner right next to them working in the community, mm-hmm. and she's paving the way to make that normal. Yeah.
2: That, that needs cool. to be
1: normalized um, vets, um, elderly people like these, these type of community programs need to be normalized well, and, I, and supported. I,
0: I appreciate the, you bringing that up and making everybody aware of it. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to let you go now, but
1: yeah, you're going to cut me off. No, I
0: mean, listen, I gotta go have yell to. at this Just lady, right? My, so. my
1: friends, you gotta go yell at the lady and I gotta go. I don't even know what I'm going to do.
0: Well, I don't know what I'm
1: going to do. We'll Peloton, see what happens. I'll jump on the Peloton. I was going
0: to say okay. you should forget Peloton. You ought to put be on a real bike. You could probably cover some real ground. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down sixty but ounces also, of water. But I also, by the way. I can't
1: get hit by a car. I can't die, Scott. There's too many people <laughs> to take care of here.
0: I wrote, I wrote down sixty ounces of water. I'm going to meaningfully try to drink sixty ounces of water in a day and see what that's like.
1: So. And do oatmeal with blueberries and ground flaxseed in the morning. That's
0: it. And
1: just, I- th- just that one change. It fills you up blueberries are magical. the flaxseed redu- it gives you a very good source of fiber to reduce your cholesterol and the water with that and also I also bought a like large container of like mixed nuts unsalted and I keep it in the car mm-hmm. and I snack on healthy nuts that are good for my heart instead of crap and I keep that in the car
0: I'm just gonna very, end- very I'm going end Kim on you saying I snack on healthy nuts perfect. <laughs> Thank you very much. No wonder your husband's got such a good sense of humor. (laughs) All right. We're done. God, goodbye, Scott. Thank you
1: for this opportunity. I really appreciate it, honestly. I think the more people share their stories, the better our community is.
0: I agree. Hold on one second for me. Okay. Well, let's thank Kim for coming on the show and telling us Vivian's story. That was really something else. And we'll also thank the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter for sponsoring this episode. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. Get yourself a good, accurate meter. Get yourself the contour. If you're enjoying the Juicebox podcast, please share it with someone else who you think might also enjoy it. And don't forget to subscribe or follow in a podcast app like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. There are so many great apps, they're completely free, just like this show. Just subscribe and follow. It really helps. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Once there was a time when I just told people, if you want a low and stable A1C, just listen to the Juicebox Podcast. But as the years went on and the podcast episodes grew, it became more and more difficult for people to listen to everyone. So, I made the Diabetes Pro Tip Series. This series is with me and Jenny Smith. Jenny is a certified diabetes care and education specialist. She's also a registered and licensed dietitian and a type 1 herself for over 30 years. And I, of course, am the father of a child who was diagnosed at age 2 in 2006. The Pro Tip Series begins at episode 210 with an episode called Newly Diagnosed or Starting Over. And from there, All about MDI, pre-bolusing, insulin pumping, bumping and nudging, variables, exercise, illness, injury, surgeries, glucagon, long-term health, bumping and nudging, how to explain type 1 to your family, postpartum, honeymoon, transitioning, all about insulin, temp basals, these are all different episodes, setting your basal insulin, fat and protein, pregnancy, the glycemic index and load, and so much more, like female hormones and weight loss. Head now to juiceboxpodcast.com. Go up in the menu at the top and click on Diabetes Pro Tip. Or if you're in the private Facebook group, there's a list of these episodes right in the Featured tab. Find out how I help keep my daughter's A1c between 5'2 and 6'2 for the last 10 years without diet restrictions. Juiceboxpodcast.com. Start listening today. It's absolutely free.